Ezekiel chapter 2. Um, there's one verse that I want to share with you this morning. So this morning's going to be a little bit different. Um, we're going to have a shorter live stream here on YouTube, slightly shorter message. And then we're going to jump into a Zoom call and uh, just get some interaction and hear uh, the voices of the church rather than just, just one or two voices, hear everybody's voice and, and hear your highs and lows of 2020 and your hopes and dreams for 2021. I was doing a little bit of schoolwork yesterday. Uh, if anybody's talking to my boss, make sure you tell her. But I was doing a little bit of schoolwork yesterday and sometimes when I'm doing schoolwork, I listen to music that I used to listen to when I was a teenager. And so yesterday there was a bit of a, a, a dipping into mid-90s American rock music for a couple of hours and coincidentally I was listening to a, a little band called Counting Crows and one of the songs I listened to opens with the line, it's been a long December and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last and I thought that is a very poignant line to be listening to in early January 2021. There's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. It feels in 2020 that, that we've been forced to sit down. We've been forced even to, to lie down. We've been forced to stop. Uh, that there's been very little forward moving in any real context of life. We have been, we've had this, this stationary posture forced upon us. Not many people and not many churches would be able to say it's been business as usual for the past nine months, anything but. We've been knocked off our feet and the question that I want to ask this morning is and that I want to answer as well is how do we get back on our feet? How do we rise up again and take up a posture of moving forward, taking ground on our feet? So the the title this morning for a brief, brief thought is on your feet. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 2, and I'll read verses 1 and 2. He said to me, Son of man, stand up on your feet, and I will speak to you. Now, verse 2 is the one that got my attention that I want to just linger on this morning. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. I read that verse, Ezekiel 2. Ezekiel's hard work. (laughs) When you you get to Ezekiel in your reading plan, there's the odd sort of moment and and familiar territory. And then there's some chapters of Ezekiel that can be hard to to munch your way through. But about six weeks ago, mid-November... I was reading Ezekiel in my reading plan and this, this was one of those moments, this verse, where you just feel the Holy Spirit saying, stop, just stop. And, and I really felt at, at that time that this was a verse that was to be shared with this church uh, for the first message of, of 2021, Ezekiel 2.2. The background here for Ezekiel is that he's been knocked off his feet. He's in exile in Babylon Uh, He is away from familiar territory, away from the temple, and he is sitting in exile in a distant land. And verse 2 says that he was raised up, he was lifted up. 
It doesn't say that he got up. It actually specifically says he was lifted to his feet. He was raised. He was assisted in getting back up on his feet. And a funny thing happened this morning. As I was sitting in my study typing those words, literally typing the words that Ezekiel was lifted up rather than getting up, Linda came into the study and she says to me, a bird has just flown into the window and it's on the ground. It's still alive, but it needs lifted up. You know when a bird hits the window sometimes and, and you just need to go out and lift it and hold it for a couple of minutes, keep it warm while it gets itself together and then flies away. And, and just at that moment that I wrote about Ezekiel being lifted up and she came and said, there's a bird outside and needs lifted. We need lifted. And our church needs lifted up again after being knocked on our back, knocked off our feet. We need lifted up. Our town needs lifted up. Our young people locally need lifted up. Our businesses need lifted up. And two things work together in this verse to lift Ezekiel back up to his feet. Two things that are very familiar if you've been about this church, uh, that I'm very passionate about both of them. The, the phrase at the start of verse 2 is, as he spoke, that's one of them, as he spoke, the Spirit came into me. That's the other one. Uh, the, the, this notion of, of the Word of God coming and the Spirit of God coming and the two of them working together in order to bring Ezekiel back up onto his feet. And it's funny, these three things together, the Word, the Spirit, and somebody standing up, have been a recurring theme for me already in the first three days of my reading plan for this year. If you don't have a reading plan, we'll soon send you one. Um, because in, in, on January 1, if you, if you go to Acts, keep your finger in Ezekiel, but if you go to Acts in, on January the 1st, um, I was reading Acts 1, and it says in verse 15, it's funny how, how once God has put something in your heart that you start, you start to see it all over the place. In Acts 1.15, we read, In those days, Peter stood up. We've got that. Standing up, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture, as we're referring to the word of God, had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke. And again, I just saw those three things, the, the spirit, the word, and somebody standing up to their feet. In Acts chapter 2, reading that yesterday, the Holy Spirit comes. It's all about the day of Pentecost. And in verse 4, they are filled with the spirit. In verse 14, Peter stands up to address the crowd. And then throughout his message, he is peppering it with the word of God from the Hebrew scriptures. About half of what's recorded that Peter said is actually quotations from the, from the Old Testament. Filled with the Spirit, up on his feet, filled also with the word of God. I read this morning in Matthew chapter 3 about how Jesus, whenever he came up out of the waters of baptism and he was put back up on his feet after being baptized. Again, the word and the spirit both came in that context. And that was the beginning really of his active ministry. So Ezekiel in, in, in verse two of chapter two, hears God speak as he spoke. So the question is, God initiates things with his word. Things get started with his word. Are you listening? There's a lovely phrase in Revelation 1 where John hears the sound of a, of a trumpet, a voice like a trumpet. And it says he turned to see the voice. 
Now, how can you see a voice? <laughs> Only in the book of Revelation. But he turns, he, the, the voice comes and John turns and he pays attention to it. And he sees something incredible. Turns to see the voice. Are you turning to, to see the voice? Are you postured in a way that God can speak to you? Because for Ezekiel to get back on his feet, he needed to hear this spoken word from God. And a very simple encouragement and challenge at the start of 2021, what steps are you taking to make sure that you can hear the voice? Is there a plan? Is there a determined resolution at the start of the year to eat this book, as Jeremiah wrote and as John wrote in in Revelation 10, to know the Word of God better? Why do you keep reading it over and over again? Why every year do I find myself in January, in, in Genesis and in Acts and in Matthew and in Psalms, starting the journey again? Why keep on going? You know the story by now. The point is I want to hear the voice. I want to hear the voice, and I don't know the story well enough. I want to know it better. But I want to hear the voice, because I can't get back up on my feet, and I can't stand on my feet without that word speaking to me. Is there a plan? On the 3rd of January 2021, are you three days into a determined plan to know the Word of God and to be exposed on a daily basis to more than just a devotional, but to be exposed to the Word of God, breathing it in for yourself, not breathing it in secondhand, passively from somebody else, but breathing in the Word of God for yourself. Or will we just blunder around from place to place, a verse here, a verse there, a bit of this book, a bit of that one, whenever the first one gets tough? Or will we be determined If we're going to be back on our feet, the first thing we need is to hear him speak. And then the second thing that happens is that the Spirit comes into Ezekiel. You see, the Word alone, and we'll see this again a wee bit later, the Word alone will not bring you to your feet. There must be Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. The Spirit is the the life-giving breath of God that comes within us, that dwells within us, that gives us life, and that brings our spirits to life. And I think one of the problems that we have in the Western church is that we have leaned so hard because we've got such a sort of academic and educational thrust in the West. We've leaned very, very hard into theology and doctrine and teaching and truth. And I thank God for that. I really, really do. But we have leaned hard into that and we have neglected historically the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why the church in the West is not on her feet. A lot of knowledge and a lot of understanding and and a lot of that can just manifest itself in arrogance and pride and division. We need the Spirit as well as the Word. We need both. And in the past few decades, there has been a shift to embrace the Spirit, which I welcome and I love and I champion and I celebrate and I want. But we can't shift too far and neglect that solid basis in the Word and in doctrine and theology. We've got to have both. We must have both or we're not the church. There is no other way. We can't just become 
obsessed with the Word without the Spirit. And we cannot just become obsessed with the Spirit without the Word. We must have both. The Spirit makes us alive. The Spirit empowers us. The Spirit transforms us. And I want you to note in Ezekiel 2.2, it was as he spoke that the Spirit came. He didn't give priority to one or the other. As he spoke, at that same time, as the Word of God came, the Spirit of God also came. And as I challenged you a minute or two ago about the Word this year, and and do you have a plan? Do you have a a determination? Have you resolved to be in the Word of God? I, I say exactly the same thing about the Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you pursuing the Spirit? Are you living in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, practicing the gifts of the Spirit? Because there's no other Christian life. There simply is nothing else other than life in the Spirit. And I challenge you, if that's a life that for you sounds alien or unfamiliar or something that you embraced in the past but you have not pursued with the same vigor i encourage you this year let it be a year that you push hard into the things of the spirit that you embrace him and invite him and welcome him you see the spirit and the word together perform and act in a powerful way that i believe causes the written word of god to become the spoken word of God. And I believe that every time I read the Bible, I am hearing God. Even if I'm reading a passage that I'm familiar with and I don't recognize or see anything different or new in it, I'm just maybe reading a psalm that I've read since I was a child, I still believe that I am hearing God as I read those words. I still believe that as I read those words, the Spirit is busy within me and a lifelong process of transformation and change. Even when sometimes you read the Bible and it can seem dry and difficult, I still believe God's Spirit is at work when we expose ourselves to the Word. But there are moments, and I'm sure a lot of you, and maybe all of you, are familiar with these moments. There are moments whenever the written Word becomes the spoken Word. You may not hear an audible voice But as you're reading God's Word, something incredible happens and it is illuminated. The Spirit comes and just gives it wings and drives it into your heart. It's as if the Spirit comes and turns up the volume on the amplifier so that you hear. You're not only reading, you're not only looking at words on a page, but you're hearing the Word of God speaking to you in the moment. And I believe God can speak in many ways. I believe he can speak through dreams. I believe he can speak through nature. I believe he can speak through other people sharing what is on their hearts. I believe all of those things require wisdom and discernment. But today I'm emphasizing the fact that he will speak through his word whenever the spirit comes and animates it. And I believe, and I've shared this with you before, that God has written this truth into the very design of a human being. This is from uh, the American Academy of Otolaryngologists, geologists, I don't know, Ashley, correct me sometime, but people that know about voices and vocal cords. This is from their website. It says, the power from your voice, for your voice, comes from the air that you exhale. 
As we exhale, air exits the lungs, creating an airstream in the trachea. This airstream provides the energy for the vocal folds in the voice box to produce sound. To put that into simple language, you can't speak without breathing. You cannot speak without breathing. Now, you don't need to adjust your computer because there's nothing wrong with your sound. I was mouthing words, but I wasn't breathing out as I was doing it, and therefore you couldn't hear me. There has to be breath exhaled for words to be audible. And whenever God speaks his word, his spirit is right behind it, driving it forth and giving it life. As he speaks, he exhales, he breathes, and the word comes and the spirit comes, and together they do something incredible. That's what happened six weeks ago in mid-November as I opened my Bible one morning and read Ezekiel 2 and just sort of started trundling through it. All of a sudden, verse 2, stop. No other verse in the chapter on this occasion caused me to stop, but verse 2, stop. It was a moment when the written word became the spoken word, when the Spirit came and illuminated it. That's what we need if we are to be a church on our feet, moving forwards, upright, active, not sitting, not sleeping, but on the move. It happens Oh, I wish it would happen every day, but it doesn't happen every day. But you know, you know, you know when it happens. Whenever the Spirit just puts wheels and fuel and engine and fire into the written word and turns it into the spoken word. That's why he's referred to, I think, in Ephesians 1 as the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit of revelation. You're not just reading facts. You're not just reading history. But the Spirit comes and it becomes revelation to you of God's Word. Go to Isaiah 55 just to point something out. We're actually nearly done. Isaiah 55. I don't want to overcomplicate this. It's a simple little verse, simple message, something I want you to run into the new year with. And I don't want to, to, to paint over it too many different colors. Isaiah 55, verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I've heard that verse, verse 11, misquoted so many times, so many times, where people will say that God's word is going to accomplish that purpose for which he sent it. It's going to achieve what he desires. And it's used in a context almost of if we read the Bible, if we take a verse and declare it, then God, it's almost like magic. God has to act. He has to fulfill what we just read because we just read his word. That's not what the verse says. Verse 11 says, does not just say his word. It says the word that goes out of his mouth. All right? It's not just the written word. It's not just whatever verse suits us on a particular occasion because we want something to happen. It's whatever God is speaking. 
It's whatever God is putting his breath and his spirit behind. It's the word that is coming out of his mouth. Now, Scripture can never be added to. And no one can say, I've heard something from God that means we have to behave in a way that is contrary to Scripture. But God speaks frequently through his word. And it is, it is not just the written word. It becomes the spoken word. It's a word coming out of his mouth into a heart, into a life, into a church, into a situation. And that's the word that will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. The word that goes out of his mouth, accompanied by his breath, his spirit. And in verse 13, you see what it achieves. Instead of the thorn thorn bush, will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. In other words, whenever God speaks his word, accompanied by his spirit, there will be transformation. There will be change. That's what we need if we're to get back up on our feet. Ezekiel, whenever you read through it, there's, there's a, a, a portion in the mid-30s where it just becomes a bit easier to read. Let's go to Ezekiel 37 as we draw to a conclusion. I am not going to linger long here. I just want to point out that what Ezekiel experienced in chapter 2, verse 2, when the word came and the spirit came and he got back on his feet, is exactly what the people of God were going to experience in Ezekiel 37, or what would happen in the future. Frequently a leader, a prophet, will experience in themselves something that God wants for his whole people to experience. And what Ezekiel experienced in 2.2 is then magnified to the entire people of God in chapter 37. It's that familiar chapter about the valley of the dry bones, and that question that never grows old, Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Can these bones live? Keep on saying it. The death, the destruction, the decay, the disorder that is all around us, God says to his church, Church, can these bones live? Ezekiel's response is, Lord, you know. He's in this valley surrounded by disjointed skeletons, bones everywhere, dry. And what happens is he, he, he is first of all told to speak the word to the bones. And in verse 7, as he speaks the word, as he prophesied, so he's speaking the word that God has given to him. I prophesied, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. See, the word brings order. The word brings structure. The word causes that which is all chaotic and has fallen apart to come back together. But the word, once it's brought that structure, the word alone cannot fill with life. It's not enough. There's no breath in them in verse 8. So in verse 9, you've got this wonderful mixture of the word and the spirit together. He said to me, prophesy to the breath or prophesy to the wind, or prophesy to the Spirit. And, and this is what the, the Sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, same word as Spirit, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So as I prophesied, as he spoke the word, the breath, the Spirit entered them, 
They came to life. And look what they did. They stood up on their feet, a vast army. There we go. The word comes, the spirit comes, and there is structure and there is life and there is a people on their feet, a vast army. That's what this town needs. What Ezekiel experienced himself, which the whole people of God were to experience, is what God himself did in creation. Because in Genesis 1, the world is without form. That means it has no structure. And it is void. That means it is empty. It has no contents. And what God does in the first three days of creation is that he brings structure to the world. He brings form to it. And in the last three days of creation, he fills it. And the thing that causes that to happen is the word and the spirit together. God speaking, the spirit hovering over the waters, and chaos is brought into order. And our world is in chaos and confusion. And it needs order and it needs structure and it needs life. It needs a people on their feet who have been moved and brought to life by the Word and the Spirit. So in conclusion, it takes 72 hours to read the whole Bible. If you split that up over the year, that's 12 minutes a day. 12 minutes a day and you will read the whole thing. I bet you spend more than 12 minutes a day on your phone, because I do. And I bet you spend an average of more than 12 minutes a day exercising, because I do. And I bet you spend more than 12 minutes a day, or a lot of you do, watching sport on average 12 minutes a day. Absolutely, I watch sport on average for more than 12 minutes a day. And how is it that we say that we don't have time for God's Word? We only have time to dip into to something light and simple. We don't, we don't have time to commit to reading the whole story. And likewise, the Spirit, are you filled? Are you hungry for more? Will the Spirit empower a Christian who is not devouring the Word, eating the Word? I don't think so. I don't think so. We need both. I don't want the Word without the Spirit. I don't want the dry, arrogant pride that can come from a whole lot of theology without the Spirit. And I don't want the Spirit without the Word. I don't want the exuberance and the, 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 the glib levity of, of life, of, of, of people who are just all Spirit, but don't have that foundation of the truth of God's Word around them and under them. I want both. I don't have much time for preachers who, at the start of a new year, declare this will be the year of such and such. Um, because frequently they are not held to account at the end of the year to see whether or not it had been the year that they said it would be. I don't know if too many stood up this time last year and said 2020 will be the year of the global pandemic. It wouldn't have got many amens. But I would challenge you to make this year and every year the year of word and spirit, the year of diving deeper than ever before into the truth of God's word, and opening yourself more than ever before to the power and the life of his spirit. Because the both of those together will raise you to your feet and have you upright and ready and poised to move forward in what God has for his church in 2021 and beyond. So that's us done.